Hello, everybody. Welcome to this convention prep episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. And I'm Ben. How you been, Ben? It's actually been a minute since I've seen you. Yeah. I'm tired. I could tell, man. I could tell. We're always tired. We always open the show and I ask you how you are and you always end you're tired. Well, we keep we're always tired. We keep recording in the mornings. 6:45 a.m. And also I have really bad insomnia, so I don't sleep. You should go to the doctor and about that. Doesn't that doesn't help. I've been. Yeah, I know. They were like, "Wow. That's so interesting that you have this sleep problem. Good thing we can't help you." And I was like, "Wow. Thanks, guys." You ever tried drugs, man? Yeah, they said that too. <laughs> That's why it was my first suggestion. Which, I mean, like, it helps some people sleep. Uh, yes, but I have a multitude of issues, including going to sleep. That one can be solved by drugs. But the real issue is staying asleep. Yeah. And that one's a lot harder to solve with drugs. Hmm. Well, I think if you do, like, enough hard drugs, you'll just pass out. And I don't think you'll wake back Um, up. In fact, if I do enough hard drugs, I'll die. Yeah. Well, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting... Like, I don't well, know. I don't know. It sounded like that's what you were suggesting because you said you wouldn't wake up. And For I was... a while. <laughs> Maybe a couple days, but you'll be up eventually. But you'll feel rested. You know what? I enjoy having all my teeth, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. I just thought I'd all... I Look, I'm trying to help you out, man. I'm trying I to mean, offer solutions to your problems. <laughs> I'm not sure if I appreciate it. But Why not? I can tell you're coming from a, a good place, I think. Yeah, I'm trying to be helpful. I hope. Yeah, I don't, either that I, you or know. you're trying to get me addicted to like heroin or something. No, well, I have no reason to get issue. you addicted to heroin. It's not like I sell it or anything. Mm. <laughs> okay, no, no comment. Done with the bit. Anything new with you? Anything you want to talk about before we get to the movie and what we're doing today? Mm, no, no, you don't think so? No. Okay, I don't have anything new either. I just thought I'd ask. I always it's the ask. downside of recording these every. Two oh, days. Day. <laughs> well, the thing is, we it we don't work in the same area anymore, so I see you a lot less. It's beautiful. Wow. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say it sucks because like now I actually you. I have to text you about stuff. I know. Which sucks because I'm like I would rather just tell the man, but I have to text you and like wait for you to respond and stuff, and it's awful. Because I work 15 feet away. Well, it's more like <laughs> you work so far. Actually, first of all, every time I go over there, you're never there. Where are you? I'm always there. No. I'm on the belt. I walk through the area and I go, oh, I guess Ben's not here. No, I, I literally don't leave that area. I think Every I le- time I've come through there, I don't see you. I, I think, see your backpack. I think I left for break. Twice. No way. I don't know where the hell you are. Because I went through there to go to a meeting over in the other building, and I didn't see you. You know by the carts? Oh, you're down there? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I thought you would be, like, up where, like, the hogster is. No. Okay. By the carts. <laughs> no one knows who the hogster is. It's just funny to call him that. Yeah. So, I just thought maybe you'd have more stuff to talk about since I don't we don't see each other every day and talk about all our bullshit. Maybe, but my brain's feeling a little mushy right now. Fair enough. The fugue of sleep is still there. <laughs> you say the fumes. I was like, what do you mean inhaling? Pain? Nah. I, I told Bob this, but sometimes when I try to go to sleep, I don't actually go to sleep. I just enter a weird state of near sleep, but it takes me a while to get out of it. So we're still kind of... We're still there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you don't have anything, I don't think I have anything because I haven't done anything interesting. Work's been ass, which sucks. I'm just... I just need to get... Ugh, it's so... It's bad. It's really bad. Uh, mostly because Ben's not there anymore, so I have no one to talk to. So I'm just like by myself. It's going great for me. Good for you, man. I don't talk to anyone now in my new area, which kind of sucks. But at the same time, I went from an easy job to a much easier job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God. So I guess we ain't got shit. So uh, what are we watching today, Ben? Uh, we are continuing the board prep with Dawn of the Dead. So we watched Night of the Living Dead on Saturday. And this is Monday. So this is Dawn of the Dead, which is the yeah. second movie. There are only three, right? Yeah. Okay, there are only three in like... We're only going to be watching three. Yeah, there's more. Nah. Well, okay. I've seen the timeline. It's very loose. Yeah. Romero has made a couple on that timeline. Yeah. But we're only watching the three, like, main ones. The three big ones. So we watched Night uh, a couple days ago, 
and we're going to be watching Dawn today. And then on Wednesday, Day of the Dead's coming out. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. You ready? Sure. Wait, so this is a 1978 film. Ooh, okay. Which, ten years later. Ten years. A description. The outbreak is escalating. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. You ready for some good news? Yeah. Not an hour and 40 minutes long. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? Yeah. Is the streak finally ended? Are we, yeah. do- are we done with, like, hour, two-hour movies? Nah. It's two hours and seven minutes. This is the... W- <laughs> Unimaginable. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to like this movie. God damn it. Why does this keep happening to me? To you. To us. It's, hey, at least it's not an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> it's far worse. <laughs> it's 27 minutes longer than that. It's It's gone far worse. Woo! If the next one that we watch is two and a half hours, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm down. I'm going to calm down right now before I get angry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We, I can't win with these morning recordings. I just can't win. We can't get, like, an hour and a half movie. It's got to be, like, an hour 40, two hours. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I forgot we were recording this morning. I know. And I was working on this, and I pulled up the time for this movie, and I was like, oof. <laughs> God damn it. I wish we weren't recording in the morning. <laughs> yeah, me fucking too, dude. Nah, this is your fault. My fault? I'd rather do day recordings. <laughs> All right. It's uh Unrated. Review scores, IMDb gave it a 7.8 out of 10. Tomato meter gives it a 93%. Ooh. And an audience score of 90%. Oh. Ah. At least it'll be a good movie. That's all I can ask for on these early morning recordings. Yeah. Uh, awards, it has two wins and two nominations. Uh, for notable actors here, there's David M. Gay as Steven. Uh, he played Half Moon in Basket Case 2. Ooh, I don't want to watch that the first one, or I don't want to watch any of those movies. Why? Right, we we haven't talked about this. I don't know what it is about Basket Case, but it just it. Ugh. Do you know what Basket Case is about? Yeah. Well, what's it about, Bob? Isn't it the 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 dude like what is what is his name? Oh my god, the little thing has a name in the <laughs> basket. You know what I'm talking about? The little monster thing in the basket. It, like it's like the dude's brother or whatever. It like goes around killing people or something. I mean that is vaguely the plot of Basket Case. Yeah, I just I think the little thing's gross. That that's my thing. I just ugh, ugh. I just don't want to watch Basket Case. It seems like it'll gross me out. Well, now I gotta put it on there somewhere. No. Well, you just said you don't want to watch it, and it grosses you out. Yeah, so I don't want to watch so it. I then. should totally put it on there. No. I just I don't understand your problem with it. The gross. I mean, you know, Belial's a sweetheart. <laughs> Murderer. All right, next one. Ken Forey as Peter. We've seen him on this podcast. Oh, Bubba Brown Lee and From Beyond. Hell yeah, he's back. We also saw him. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, or if I pointed it out. I don't remember. You might have. But he was Big Joe Grizzly in Halloween. You did. You did point him out as Big Joe Grizzly in Halloween. Yeah. The guy pooping. Well, Rob Zombie's Halloween specifically. Yeah. That's why I said 2007. Oh, I didn't hear you say 2007. My bad. Maybe I said it in my brain. Uh, Scott H. Reiniger as Roger. Uh, he played Mar Holt in Night Riders. That is Night Riders with a K. Oh, okay. And then uh, Galen Ross as Francine. She played Becky Vickers in Creep Show. Uh, oh. Not a lot of acting roles from her. I think she only had like three listed on IMDb. Hmm. Uh, she does direct some stuff, though. Oh, that'll be cool. Looked like documentaries. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I thought it was horror movie stuff, and I was excited. All right, uh, writer and director is George A. Romero again. Uh, he wrote and directed Bruisers in 2000. Budget was estimated at $650,000. And I'm not sure how a- accurate this box office is, but I found $66 million. God damn. Which is pretty decent. Six, so he turned 650000 into $66 million? Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty sick. It's a pretty big return. Good for him. So it has a couple like different alternate titles. The really big one though are you know the complete title in the US which was George A Romero's Dawn of the Dead and then the working title which was just Zombies. Oh, okay. Weirdly enough, <laughs> might be how we got Zombies too. Wow. Well, cuz that's what it was when it released in Italy, that's what it was called, right? No, this was titled Zombies. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, so that makes sense. Uh, tagline, 
when there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Okay, that's cool. I like that one. All right, so for facts, this is kind of an interesting one, but Dario Argento helped secure funding for the film, uh, and in exchange for doing so, he got international distribution rights. Uh, basically, he was in charge of distribution and the film's final cut for any non-speaking, non-English-speaking territory. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know who Dario Argento is? No. Very, very, very famous Italian director. I'm trying to think. Probably most famous. Cat and Nine Tales, Suspiria. Oh, I know that one. I know you know that one. Mostly because it pops up in recommended stuff. Like well, it does, but also, movies. like, I um, I went to a wedding recently. You know that. The second wedding I went to, they were talking about Suspiria in you the kitchen. You went to a wedding? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> okay. Um, and they were talking about Suspiria in the kitchen, and I had to leave. Yeah. Because I didn't want any spoilers. It's the easiest way to get Bob to leave any room. Yeah, mention a horror movie I haven't seen. I have to leave because I'm not allowed. Oh, man. you gonna be. I got something to tell you in a minute. Keep going. Okay. Um, this is Tom Savini's debut as an effects artist. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. I've heard this guy's like the king of monster makeup. He's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, he was offered to do effects on Night of the Living Dead. Oh, wow. But he kind of had to go to war, so he didn't oh. do that. Okay. Kind of went to, went to, I think, Vietnam. I was about to say, either probably Vietnam. Because that came out in 68. But that does influence like his effects and everything. That's really cool. And then I think for my final fact is that this film originally received an X rating in the U.S. Hell Ooh. yeah. But uh, due to how that would negatively impact like box office stuff, mm-hmm. uh, Romero and the producers were like, now nah, we're just going to release it unrated. That's what they did. Fuck yes. That's so cool. Which changes basically nothing. That, see, that's what I wish more people would do, but they won't do it because of money. And I understand that, but god damn it, I hate when movies go through the chopping block because they're like, I don't want to get a, a, you know, a high rating because it'll like gatekeep the number of people that can see the film. It's like, just give me the full thing. Just give me the thing. <laughs> like, I'm tired of this. I don't have to buy an extra different copy of the thing to Bob, see all of it. <laughs> Bob wants the full length. I want the full length of it. Bigger, Look, longer, and uncut for Bob. Absolutely. Do you know how much cooler the... um? Like, the uncut version of My Bloody Valentine is so much better. It is. It is so fucking cool. There's some quality issues, but it's good. It's so much better. All so right. much better. Uh, let's get started with this two-hour film, though. Can we... Uh, hold on. Oh, okay. Okay. This is something I want you to... I don't want you to be mad at me. I don't... This Because it's not my fault. Fuck okay? you! It's not my fault. Okay, go ahead. I may have gotten spoilers for a movie. Which movie? Sinister. What you get spoiled... I just, you can blame Austin. You can bleep this out. Go. <laughs> you can blame Austin, okay? Yeah. Uh, we were in the van, and he's talking to Bryce about Sinister. And I'm sitting there, so I, I plug my ears. Of course, I plug my ears. I did the thing, I, was, I plug my ears, it's fine. And Austin says, hey, you're good. So I go, I unplug my ears. And Bryce goes, yeah, that lawnmower scene really fucked me up. And I was like, god damn it! Like, it's not really a spoiler, but now if there's a lawnmower scene in Sinister and we go to watch it, which I've heard is like the scariest movie ever. It's okay. Well, I've heard it's really scary, right? You won't like it. Um, I'm going to be expecting something on a lawnmower scene, and that makes me mad. Yeah. I'm like, you fucking dickheads. The people I used to work at, work with are really bad about spoilers. It's awful. Because they'll just start talking about stuff very loudly. Yeah. And you you contribute sometimes. But we'll all be grouped up in a, a small area, and someone will be talking about a movie, and I'm like, uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, sure nine-tenths of this group haven't seen it, and like, you guys are screaming about what happens. Yeah, it's like, shut the fuck up. God damn you. I'd try not to. You did it last week. What about? Flash. Oh, it's because people were asking you they didn't care. Yeah, but what if someone did? No one there did. I asked before I said anything. What if someone did? You know what? So, okay. I should have talked about this before, all the stuff, facts and whatnot. I'm not cutting that Suspiria talk, because I don't really care. Or not Suspiria. Uh, the, you know, Sinister talk. <laughs> but what if someone hadn't? Hadn't, hadn't known. Well, we said I was going to reveal a spoiler, so they could have skipped it. You know what movie Austin was watching in the van today? What? The Poughkeepsie Tapes. Oh. Yeah. I was surprised film. he hadn't seen that. He was watching it, and we were talking about it. We talked about it quite a bit today. I don't think I'd watch that at work, but No, nope, I wouldn't. Film. That's what I said, and I was like, you're a weirdo for that, but it's fine. We should have him back and watch Grave Encounters 2 with him. But I just wanted to mention Austin, bring him up. Okay. Well, Talk uh, about our friend. we're going to go watch this film. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi. 
Hi everybody, welcome back. We just finished watching Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Man. It's long, man. It's long, yeah. We even watched like a longer version than the one time we gave you. Yeah. First of all, I need to stress this. Hard to find. Yeah, I was surprised. I was too because I haven't watched this film in forever. Partially because it's super long. But when I last watched it, I think I just got it on Amazon or something. Yeah. I couldn't find it basically anywhere. Actually, one of the big annoyances, I, I told Bob this. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the last episode, or if I did, if it'll go in. But one of the biggest annoyances for me with the Living Dead series is that there's remakes of them. Mm-hmm. And for whatever god-awful reason, when I search up like the names of these films, like Night of the Living Dead or Dawn of the Dead, whatever... On, like, any search thing. So, like, Google or IMDb or, heck, even we're on a, a Roku for, like, watching everything. That's, like, the machine we use. If I search there, it gives me the remakes first. Yeah. Which is very frustrating because I have to then type out the whole name. And then find the right one. To, if I want to find the one I want. But point being is, uh, yeah, Dawn of the Dead is not anywhere. Uh, the only place I could find it was... I don't know, some weird streaming service I'd never heard of before. That thankfully, it said need subscription next to it, but it let me watch it for free. So whatever. Thank God for that. But yeah, only place. Couldn't couldn't rent it on Amazon or anything. So if you are looking to watch this film, that is an issue for you. You might as well just buy a Blu-ray or something, honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know why it's so hard to find now because I don't think it used to be. But Yeah, that seems weird to me. This is one of those like ubiquitous films when it comes to zombie films. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like it's popular enough that it should be on some streaming services. It's at least as famous enough, and I mean, the remake I could find everywhere. I know I found three different versions of the remake on Amazon because mm -hmm. I double checked. I was like, "There's no way the original isn't on here." <laughs> Frustrating. <laughs> All right. Oh, good um, God. I say we just start with the description. Okay. I was kind of grooving on that. That's what we did last time. Is we just jumped straight into the description. Works for me, man. And I, I liked it better because then we centralized our thoughts afterwards. Yeah. All right. So let's be honest. This has a real, real simple plot. Oh, yeah. Real, real simple. Um, except for the setup. The setup's kind of complicated. The setup is also very cool. Uh, basically, it starts inside a news broadcast station, and it's like a local station that's doing like all the emergency broadcast stuff. And we are in like... The seventh hour kind of situation where, roughly speaking, I think it's implied that we're taking over, like, kind of at the same time as Night of the Living Dead ends. Yeah, I, that's what I said. I think this is, like, picking up f shortly after night ends. Like, time period-wise, not yeah. in the same area. In fact, I think they're in, what, Philadelphia? They're in They're somewhere in Pennsylvania, yeah. Yeah. I just remember hearing Pennsylvania thrown around. But no, I think they were in Philly. Probably. Uh, like, the big city. Mm -hmm. So... I'm going to say they're in Philly. Long story short, they're at this news station, and um, our main characters here is this, it's this woman who seems to be somewhat in charge. Yeah. Not in charge in charge, but one of the technicians running cameras and technicians, stuff. technicians, yeah. And um, we see her. We eventually learn it's her boyfriend walks in and basically just walks up to her in the crowd. He's like, I got us a copter. We're going to steal it and leave. Yep. Um, because we're learning from the news broadcast that basically the – Government is requesting that everyone leaves their private residences, even if they feel like they're safe, and goes to, like... Centralized locations. Yeah. And the idea is that, basically, when people are spread out in their own homes, they're very easy for, like, one person to get infected, and then that person to infect everyone else. And so it's basically rapidly causing the zombies to go out of control, especially in, like, urban places like Philadelphia. Yeah. And um, the issue being is that people don't want to leave their homes. Nope. And so it, it cuts from the news scene to like a lower income area the city and a SWAT team is basically breaking in to clear out the people because they're refusing to leave yep and um there's a shootout and everything because the people are violent and they don't want to leave so they're they're fighting back and also uh some of the people storming the building are racist and oh just my god shoot them. there is a super racist man yeah but it, it's just interesting because they break in and a these people don't want to leave but also the stance of the government is highly confirmed in like this one scene of not only is there people hiding here, but they have a bunch of bodies. Yep. Because a bunch of people have been turned, and those turned people have turned some other ones. Uh, but more importantly, they're being sympathetic about it. Uh, I think uh, one of the characters, uh, one of our main characters, Peter, 
uh, makes the line is they still have what respect for yeah they still have respect for the dead yeah I I don't think it's respect for the dead it's like respect for dying yeah it's something like that but yeah they they basically have taken all their zombies and thrown them into like closed off rooms yep or at least tried to mm-hmm. so they can give them funerary rites instead of like disposing of them like yeah there's a priest could. in the basement of the place and um, the implication being is that this is not a a situation in just one place. This is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. And this is why the whole zombie epidemic is just spiraling out of control. It's because people are not handling it in a rational way. And that's yeah. kind of a, a run through through this whole movie. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. We see various... The news channels come on again in this film like they did in Night. Except this time, it's, Pl- it's Pluto. <laughs> yeah, from the crazies. <laughs> which is really funny to see. Except now he has an eye patch, which yeah. is just so much cooler. Yeah, makes him cooler. But he's screaming about his character on the news broadcast is always screaming about being rational where he's like, the situation is so out of control, the only way we're going to recover, maybe, is by doing some fucked up shit that no one's going to want to do. Yep. That might save us. Anyways, long story short is that two of the guys at this police raid, I think they're both SWAT members, Mm -hmm. who, by the way, are Peter and Roger, kind of decide that they're going to ditch, go AWOL. And again, there's another implication here that this is a common thing that's happening with the military. Oh, yeah, and the, the police. The situation is going getting so bad that the people in charge are like, well, I'm going to ditch because I know this is a fucked up situation and there's no hope. So I'm going to try and save myself. And long story short, Roger and Peter decide to ditch together, very specifically because Peter may or may not have saved Roger's life. Yeah. But in, in the process, incriminated himself. But Roger happens to be friends with, remember that anchor, the woman, the technician woman, mm-hmm. and her boyfriend? What? Roger's friends with the boyfriend, apparently. And the boyfriend's name's Steven, and the girlfriend's, uh, oh my god, what's her name? Fran. Fran, thank you. And so they go hop in this helicopter, and they fly away. Yep. I want to note is when they fly away, they meet some cops that are also running away, which is very yeah. funny. They hop on a boat and try to go to some <laughs> island or something. <laughs> yeah, they're asked, where are you going? It's like, just some island, I don't know, downriver. No, they go... An island. They don't go some island. They go, we'll find an island somewhere. Yeah, which, I mean, smart idea. All yeah. things considered. I mean, the zombies can't get you, I guess. Can't swim. There's no shark zombies. Yet. We've yet to see shark zombies. So the idea is if you go, if you find an island with no people, then there's no zombies. So mm-hmm. Kind of a smart idea. If you can get there. Without dying. Yeah. Long story short, Fran, Roger, Steven, and Peter are now all in a helicopter and they're flying around. Just logistically trying to deal with refueling and just going somewhere because they don't really know where they're going. Yeah. They're just trying to find somewhere safe. Um, I think it's implied later in the film that they were aiming for Canada, maybe. Yeah, that's something that they discussed. But I I don't think they knew. I think the Canada thing was thrown around because uh, some parts of Canada just have, like, no people. Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, the population per area is a lot lower than the United States. Yeah, and if... The epidemic is in America. Canada probably set up a line and went, nope, and is probably protecting its border. I think it's everywhere, though. Yeah, but we don't know. They don't either. We don't, we don't know yet. Uh, I'm sure they do in-universe. Probably. But we, as an audience, I don't think it's ever specified. But I think it's heavily implied that it's the whole world. Mm-hmm. But long story short, they're flying in the air, and they see something. It's a big building. And I don't know who asks. I think it might have been Roger? Someone asks. I don't Someone asks, either. like, what's that big building? And they're like, oh, it's a shopping mall. Because it's um, 1978, and shopping malls weren't, like, super common. Like, they had strip malls, mm-hmm. um, but not these big shopping complexes. Those were still pretty rare. And this is a big one. It's big. I, I think you said they did, those didn't take off until, like, the 90s. Yeah, they like, the 80s and the 90s were when malls got real big. Yeah. So, like, this is probably just before that happened. Oh, yeah, right, right, before. But they see the mall, and they're like, let's go to the mall, everyone. And um, so they land on top of it, and they're looking through, like, there's these pyramid glass things on the roof. Like yeah. Like, skylights. And they're looking through, looking into the mall, and they notice a room that has boxes in it that doesn't look like it's a part of the rest of the mall. And they break in, and it's filled with, like, essentially emergency supplies. Yeah, the, all the boxes say, like, civil defense, and it's full of, like, MREs and, like, canned goods and, like, different supplies and stuff. Which, to me, feels like whoever owned this mall set <laughs> the mall for themselves as, like... A bunker, basically. A bunker yep. for, like, Cold War stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely what it feels like. Just never got to use it because yeah. there's no one there. And, um, yeah, this is only, what, like 20, 30 minutes move into the movie? Yeah, like 30 minutes or so. Yeah, and so the rest of the movie is them just, like, figuring out how to live in the mall. Yeah. That's that's basically it. Fortifying it, killing zombies, moving stuff around, yeah, fig- looting the place. Figuring out how to logistically clear out the zombies and protect themselves. Um, and all that stuff takes up, I'd say, the next hour, yeah. hour and a half. And then after that, it's just them kind of chilling in the mall. And I, again, spoilers for the end of the movie here. We've, we've spoiled a lot already. Yeah. Especially for a film where not a lot happens. So if you're still interested in the ending, go watch it. You can find it somewhere. Yeah, for sure. But it's implied that they spend, like, almost nine months a long living ass time. in this mall to the point where they're just super, super stir-crazy. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can do with four people in a mall. Yeah. But long story short, looters come. Yeah. And break into the mall, and they basically fuck everything up, and they have to leave. And that's the whole plot. (laughs) Right there. I left some stuff out, and if we need to talk about it later, we'll give some more spoiler warnings. Yeah, I think I think you left out the 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 stuff, the important stuff, the important stuff that's interesting. Um, And again, if if we want to talk about that, we'll bring up some spoilers uh, later when we get to it. But yeah, I mean, if that didn't sound like a lot, it's because there's not a lot there. No, it's a long movie where not a lot happens. A lot of a lot of what makes this movie enjoyable, at least for me, the effects. Yep. And also the the acting, because I think the acting is super good. Yeah, I mean, the the four people who are I want to note are just the actors I mentioned. Yeah. Because basically they're the only characters we have in this film. Mm-hmm. They do an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Especially Peter. So good. In like, part, that's just because so he's good. my favorite character in this. He's also, yeah, he's the most likable character. He's the most, not just likable, but, like, the most reasonable. Uh, yeah. He's also just straight up the most competent character. Oh, he's so fucking cool, man. I want to make it known right now that Peter is super competent. Uh, he can handle himself 100%. Yeah. And uh, Steven is so incompetent, it's frustrating at times. <laughs> yeah. He sucks, man. He, and like, I get why he's not as competent. He wasn't, like, a member of SWAT or anything. He was just some guy who can fly a helicopter. But he's, like... It's not even just, like, incompetent in the sense of, like, the military schools, but sometimes his decision-making... Oh, his decision-making is abysmal. Is abysmal. So bad. I just want to mention that. He does some stuff that is so comically stupid. Mm-hmm. That I'm just like, you just ruined everything. Yeah. For no reason, man. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think, like Bob said, there's... The interesting part of this movie is the effects. Uh, Savini does a great job. Oh, man, they're so cool. There's some good gore f- effects they're not perfect and um i mean i i've i've heard some interviews with savini talking about this film and he, even he's like they're amateur for him because again like it, this is his first thing i think the one he always gets on himself about is the zombies are like gray but not like corpse gray but like gray paint gray yeah i i like it though it it doesn't look good it doesn't look good but i like it now it's distinct and it's it's good that you can tell the zombies are zombies in this film because yeah. of it. It's like a nice visual tell, but it doesn't look good, like at all. Fair enough. And I, I'm just gonna tell you now, they look much better in the next movie. Yeah. So you have that to look forward to. Oh God, I ugh. I don't even want to think about the next movie. It's gonna be gross because uh, this movie's gross. It's okay, but it's not that bad. I think it's gross. There was one. There are a couple of specific scenes where I'm just like, oh, but yeah. I I think the big thing for me about the effects in this film is they are. How do I put this? You know the effects that we saw in The Crazies? How they're super, like... Over the top. Over the top. This movie does a very similar thing, but they're more refined in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. I don't know. I, I think this film's effects... Uh, and we, when we say effects, we're talking gore effects, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if that was implied enough. But the effects in this film are... They're a little over the top, but they're more realistic. Yeah. I guess is the best way to put it. Like, there's over the top, like blood effects and uh, squib explosions and all that. But they're a lot more anchored in reality than the crazies, which is almost cartoony levels. Yeah, but what I mean is violence. like, I like that cartoonish like <laughs> level of gore and like effect. And this feels like that, except toned down to a more realistic level, but still over the top. Yeah, and no, it's just, just enough. Over the top, but it's realistic, and that's the difference. Like, a lot of... I There's just, weight to mm, it. Yeah. It feels yeah. good. I like a lot of the flesh tear. I like a lot of the way the organs and like guts look. I, there's a lot of 
It's just good. <laughs> you know why you like how a lot of those organs and guts look, right? Yeah. Because those are real. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> um, that's how you get the best fake flesh and bones and organs <sighs> is you just use real stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it's kind of gross, but it works. It's quite gross. It's good for a cheap budget, though. Fair. Or cheaper budgets. But, yeah, that's the first nice thing. And then the other big thing about this movie, and I think this is, again, going to be an example of we're probably not going to talk about this as much as you might want if you're interested in this take. But I think the big thing that people love about this movie, at least from a critical sense, is the idea of consumerism. That's, yeah. That's basically the whole thing with this film is that it's a f- it's highly focused on consumerism, mm-hmm. both in the sense of, A, it's said in a mall, which was like the most consumerist thing possible in the 1980s. For sure. In fact, it's probably the most consumerist thing imaginable, uh, like a mega mall like this. But more importantly, there's just a bunch of underlying stuff. Like It's implied that the zombies in this film do what they did in life. And what are the zombies doing? Well, they're going to the mall. Yep. Or, for instance, you know, the four uh, main characters, they clear out the mall of zombies. So they have, you know, a, a large safe space to live in. Which is both like a safety thing and a comfort thing and perfectly understandable. But then it shows like montages of them just like overindulging in like a bunch of stuff they don't have to. Yep. Like food's one thing, but there's scenes of them like dressing up and putting on nice clothes. Playing in an arcade. Playing in an arcade, which I mean fun, but there's some really weird things like just stealing money. Yep. Um, stuff like that. Um, and that's just the consumer thing, ism things like throughout. Mm-hmm. And so there's some heavy. Uh, comments on that and i don't think we're gonna say anything that someone with a lot of time and research hasn't already said better yeah for sure i think it's important to mention yeah and i it made me mad because (laughs) i I, okay i just want to say i'm laughing because bob sometimes pisses himself off yeah and a lot of times he'll either piss himself off and then not enjoy the movie and then get really angry about not enjoying the movie or piss himself off and then go away. Oh, now I'm not mad anymore. <laughs> because that's what happened in this film. Because <laughs> I don't think reason... you were getting it yet. Yeah, I wasn't getting it. And, I, and then it got there. So the reason I like Night of the Living Dead a lot is because I enjoy the nihilism, the nihilism. How do you say it? Nihilism, nihilism, whichever way. I don't know how you say it. Nihilism. Uh, nihilism of. You're saying the H. <laughs> whatever. It's like when you said cool whip. Well, that was to piss you off on purpose. <laughs> I don't know. But I like. That Romero tone so much, and that's why I like Night so much. And this movie feels like he ditched it. I promise the overindulging in the mall is it distracts them from the outside and of the death and destruction of the world until it doesn't. And then it hits hard, and it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's so good. This moment of realizing, like, oh, yeah, no, this sucks. And then they all just come down to reality. And then it hits, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think part of the issue with this film is, A, it's super slow. Uh, yeah, it's but slow also, balls. The whole message, um, I, th- I think he was going for with consumerism and, like, maybe the negative sides of it. It's the movie as a whole and not different parts of it. So yeah. until you get the whole movie and the perspective of that, it can be a little hard. Yeah, because, like, I, I said this during the movie, the whole time they're in the mall and once it's become a safe space, it doesn't feel like there's any weight to anything. It feels like the the conflict is over and, like, there's no more suspense. There's no more, like, worry. It basically is for nine months. For nine months. And then it brings it back around and everything gets fucked up and ruined by the end of it. And that made me happy. Yeah. I think while we're on the, the topic of consumerism, well, I think that's probably how the script was written. I do want to say this is said in a mall solely because the idea of writing a movie in a mall was just a cool idea. Oh, it's a great idea. It's a fantastic idea. That had never been done before as far as I know at this point. It might be. I 1978? I don't think so. I don't know how old uh Chopping Mall is, but I assume it's younger than this movie. Oh, probably. That's a that's a horror movie set in specifically a mall. Ah, I see. Called Chopping Mall, which uh yeah, that's 1986, so that's a little bit older. But I I was I was doing some research and I think the story behind it is Romero was friends with some guy who just did a corporate stuff that had this mall <laughs> and Hell yeah. just made a joke about like, what if you set a horror movie in a mall? And I was like, that's a good idea. And it's a great a, idea. Wrote a script in a mall. It's a very interesting setting to explore because there's lots of different stuff in one place. Yeah. Which I really liked. Like going from store to store and each store having different stuff and like the way it looks. It. No, I mean, it, it's a, it's an interesting setting if just a super contained one. 
Yeah, but it does give you plenty of stuff to work with. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else you want to mention before I get into some facts kind of stuff? Well, I already talked about what pissed me off Yeah, and how the movie resolved me being pissed off. I think we covered most of it. I think we got it. I think we covered most of it. Yeah, I don't have anything else I want to yeah. specifically talk about because I don't want to... This is one of those movies where, like, you saw Night, you should go watch this. It's a it's a good continuation of the universe. Okay. Well, well okay, now Ben's going to get mad. Nah, I'm not going to get mad. I think that's a good uh, transition to this thing I was going to mention later, but I'll, okay. I'll talk about it now. And I, I said this on the night. I think this is a good continuation of, like, the world he's Romero's kind of built, but not a good continuation of the universe of Night. Like, a lot of the stuff doesn't transfer over exactly. Like, in this film, A, they're calling them zombies, which shows that this film is made 10 years later. I mean, fair. But also, there's just, like, the little things that were established in Night, like, universe-wise, didn't carry over to this film because I think Romero refined them out of the script. Like, all the radiation stuff isn't yeah. there. It's implied it's an infection this time. Or basically the idea that, like, it's kind of handled, kind yeah. of went out the window. I think because it didn't fit the narrative. I think that Romero wanted to tell because night is one story, and the idea that they're handling it fits that a lot better. Yeah, it fits that nihilistic tone of like this is a small story that doesn't matter mm-hmm. because everything's fine. Yeah, and that just doesn't fit the tone that I think he wanted to go for with sequels. I guess more what I'm saying is they take a lot of the stuff from night and it carries over into this world. Yeah, and I appreciate that. That's what I meant. Is it? It fits the world. Like he he built a world with the zombie apocalypse, and it fits. Like there's a reason you can consider these like these films a trilogy. And I mean, we've only watched two, but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just want to mention the fact that like at least for me, Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead and eventually you know Day of the Dead, they don't feel like exactly the same universe. That's fair. Night's just so different. I mean, it's it's 10 years older. It doesn't come from the same cultural background because zombies, as we know them nowadays, didn't exist. Yeah. They keep the same sort of... It's also multiple writers. Feel, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, the feel's there. And unless you're paying super close attention like me, you could be like, oh, yeah, these totally match. Yeah. I just want to be nitpicky and say they don't. But. I mean, that's fair. I see where you're coming from, but like, I guess what I'm saying is I get why Romero got that stuff out of the script because at this point... There had been a bunch of other, not a bunch, but quite a few other zombie films probably made. Yeah. The cultural zeitgeist of zombies had been created from, you know, night. And so removing that stuff makes this feel more like a zombie film. It feels a lot more refined. Yeah. Basically. It just doesn't, I think, match the timeline completely that was proposed in night. Yeah. At least to me. That's my read. But uh, whatever. All right. Get into facts. Yeah, sure. Okay. The first one, and you asked her it's during the movie. You're like, what mall is this shot at? I did. I was curious. Yeah. All right. So principal photography began on November 13th, 1977. And I forget the exact date it ended, but it was like in February uh, 1978. But it took place in the Monroeville Mall in Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Once again, because that's just where Romero does a lot of stuff in. Makes sense. And filming, very interestingly, you paid attention to what month filming started. November. Mm-hmm. And it ended in February. What big holiday at a mall happens during that time period? Oh, Christmas. Yeah. Apparently, shooting around Christmas was a pain. Yeah, in that fact, sounds like it would They suck. had to break for three weeks during, like, December, like the last three weeks of December, because it was too much of a hassle to take down all the Christmas decorations every time they needed to shoot. Which, I mean, you can imagine. That's a lot of work for the crew. Also, that's a massive-ass mall. Yeah. That's a lot of decorations to take down. Uh, I mean, you wouldn't have to take down all of them, but you'd have to take down and put up the ones in the scenes you wanted to shoot. Yeah. Uh, so they just didn't do it. But the mall was open during this time period. So what they would do is they would start filming at 11 p.m. when the mall closed and would film till 7 a.m. when automated music <laughs> would come on and would prevent them from shooting. Oh, my God. That sounds like hell. I have, I've seen some of the director, like, behind-the-scenes stuff for this movie, and I think it is mentioned that it wasn't exactly pleasant. Damn. But, yeah, I, I think that's such a cool thing of working, like, <laughs> within constraints. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's super cool that they got access to this mall. Absolutely. And I, I think, again, it's because Romero knew a guy. But the fact that it's like, yeah, you have access to this mall, but you got to shoot when the mall's closed. I was about to say, you don't have access to it all the time. 
and you very specifically have access to it at really inconvenient times, mm-hmm. which sucks and is hard, but you got to work with that. And I think that's an important thing to realize when you're talking about films because, I mean, that's not a big thing nowadays with huge, huge budgets and how like thought out a lot of films are. But for smaller films nowadays, that's still a thing. And yeah. you got to appreciate that. Next thing to know about this film, and uh, we kind of felt this. I don't know if I mentioned this already. We watched one that was two hours and 19 minutes yeah. instead of two hours and seven minutes. Uh, the two hour and seven minute cut of this film is the theatrical, U.S. theatrical cut. And um, from my understanding of it, that's the, like, Romero's preferred cut. Okay. That's essentially the director's cut. But what we watched was the extended cut. It's two hours and 19 minutes long. I'm curious what it added, to be honest. Probably just some scenes were longer. Mm. Makes sense. I don't know which ones. Uh, and then there is a, then there's, you know, various different regional cuts for other languages. Part of the reason there's so many cuts is because of how Romero shot the film. Basically, he would do take, like, he would shoot the film, but he'd, ha- like, record it from different angles and do, like, a bunch of super long takes. Basically, he recorded way more footage than he actually needed mm. so that when he was editing, he could pick, like, cherry pick. That's really cool. That's, like, really cool. Which, if you had the time and the ability to do, too, is probably really handy. Although, it, the amount of editing you'd have to do is insane. Yeah. But what it meant is there was essentially a crap ton of extra footage. Like, basically, just, like, so much surplus footage. Uh, and, as I said, you know, Dario Argento got the rights for international distribution. And, as a part of that, he had the rights to cut the film in the regions he was distributing it to. Whoa, that's weird. Okay. Which I think has to do with uh, making it fit a, like, cultural stuff, but also language reasons. Huh. Anyways, point being is he got to cut it when he released it in different places that were outside the United States. Uh, and because he had access to all this footage, it can get a pretty different tonally and also, like, how it plays out. That's really weird and interesting. So if you're wondering why there's so many different, like, cuts of this film, because there's a bunch. Uh, we looked at the timeline for this film which if you're ever interested a lot of these really big old series have like weird timelines yeah and living dead timelines pretty insane it's ridiculous especially because some of these films the some of the original romero films just have multiple international cuts Mm -hmm. um and this is one of the bad ones for that because of this reason that's a really that's a wild fact to know now that just seems so ridiculous to be honest but it's really cool all right uh next thing this is just a weird aside, but uh, there is a novelization of this film. Well, that's cool. It released in 1978 and was written by George Romero and Susanna Sparrow. So huh. I think there's been a couple re-releases. I think there was one pretty recently. I like might actually 2018 read it. 2018 or 2020. Because I'm curious if they... Because, you know, novels are not films, so they have to be... They probably made changes, and I'm curious yeah. what the changes they made are. Who knows? But that just exists, and I think that's interesting to mention. But... I do have one last thing that I got, like, facts about, but it's spoilery. So, like, okay, heavy spoiler warning because I'm about to talk about the very end of this film. Like, the the end end. Like, fair enough. last two minutes, basically. So, um, yeah, right now. Okay. Basically, the end of this film ends with uh, Peter and Fran uh, separating. Fran goes up to the chopper, and Peter goes in a room, and Peter's like, I don't want to leave, and he's going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we also see Fran. She's sitting in the chopper with it running, and then she gets out and kind of looks out the way. I guess, what, what did you think she was doing? Like Waiting to see waiting if Peter was going to come up, yeah. Yeah. See, originally in the script, it was intended that Peter would kill himself. Nice. And that Fran would, I assume, jump up and let the helicopter blades chop her head off? That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. I thought that in my head and went, that would be such a cool end to this movie. And that was the original end. Oh, see, I'd like that um, ending way more. And apparently it tested really bad. Really? Uh, so they didn't shoot it. Man, I would have loved that because they established earlier in the film that the helicopter blades are dangerous by having a zombie get his head chopped off. Yep, yeah, you can see the implication. And so I earlier. wanted it, I was waiting for it. I was like, that would be an awesome, because it sticks with that Romero theme of nothing fucking matters, everybody dies, which I love. I don't know. I like this ending better. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I like this ending more, but I like both. I'll leave it at that. like, I mean, I, I get why you can like that one, which by the way, they never shot it, but I wish they had. I would love to see it. Just because, like, I think it's a little too much. You think so? Yeah. 
A, for two films in a row, I think it's a little too much. Fair. To have everyone die. But also, it, I don't think it necessarily fits the characters super well. No, it doesn't. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think Peter would kill himself. Like, I get Peter's just being tired. Oh, yeah. And going, like... We've been fighting so hard for so long, and to have it all fucked up... But it's also, like, I was here for nine months. This is probably the nicest it's going to be, and wherever we go next, it's going to suck more, and I'm probably going to die horrifically. So let me go out of my entrance. I get that, but I think his, like, going into a room and going to kill himself, and then going, fuck it, I'm going to keep fighting. And then... It's very on character. the shit out of a bunch of zombies to escape. Yeah, I think that's very on character. Very much so. A lot more than just killing I agree. himself. I agree with that. Which, by the way, implied earlier in the film, because there's another soldier who does that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for Fran, I get... I wasn't clear if the assumption was that she'd, like, accidentally get her head cut off, but I think it was that she'd jump into jump the into blade. It, which I think Fran would do. I, I... After watching what she had just witnessed... I'm not going to spoil what happened. Don't. Yeah, but I... I, I don't think she th- would. I don't think that fits her character at all. Really? Yeah, she was the most, out of like the all the group of people, besides Peter, she's definitely been the most hopeful and rational. And I, I would say I would say I agree with you. But and I, also, uh, again, other spoiler, she's pregnant. Uh huh. That's why I think she'd do it. I don't know because a there's they posed the question earlier in the film. Another spoiler, I guess, of should she have an abortion? And her and Stephen don't know, and they don't decide. I think they decide not to. Yeah. There's also the implication that I like. I think after witnessing what she just, I was spoiler again. I guess I'm gonna keep spoiling shit because I kind of have to to give my point. Stephen dies and becomes a zombie. Well, yeah, that was implied when only two of them are escaping. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she watches Peter kills like blow Stephen's brains out. Zombie Peter. Zombie Peter. Or zombie Stephen, not zombie Peter. What the hell are you talking about? Peter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think after watching that happen and the idea of bringing a child into this world. I think she, I would, I could see her jumping up and cutting her head off with the helicopter blades. I could, to- I would totally buy that as a reason. Maybe because I think at that point she's lost all hope. A, she's alone because Peter's not there. He's not coming. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd make more sense if Peter, if she heard Peter kill himself, to do it. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. Kind of in the middle with that one. Uh, I see. I, um, I'm just a, I just like, like bad, e- not bad endings, but like, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Are you just trying to say nihilism again? Yeah, nihilistic endings. I like it. <laughs> Bob, stop saying the H. I swear to God. I say what I want. You can say stupid things. That's okay. I'm used to that from you. <laughs> Sorry, I had to take it. With that being said, for however like nihilistic that ending is, I I think it's nihilistic in a mean way that's just too over the top. And it in a way that's not enjoyable and wouldn't have landed very well. I guess that's fair. Because the original one lands so well the the one in night lands so well for shock value yeah but also the uh vague if unintentional references to um lynchings yeah and all of that combined really makes it hit for the just these two characters that like shoot themselves after such a slow movie would have just been like yeah i guess that's fair i think that's how it would have turned out i think this one's much better because it's it's not only do they not kill themselves but it's it's they sail off into the unknown in a very hopeless way. Like, yeah, they survived this situation and they're moving on. But I think the last lines of the film is Peter's like, how much gasoline do we have? And she's like, not much. And he's yeah. like, okay. And then they sail off and that's it. And I think that's more nihilistic than them killing themselves. Because we know what happens when they kill themselves. Fair enough. They went out on their own terms. For this one, it's like, we don't know what happens to them yeah. at all. And I think that's a much more powerful ending because it's just like what happens to them, it doesn't matter because well, it's probably not good. Yeah, and I think I think part of the reason that Night of the Living Dead's ending hits so hard is because there is hope and he yeah, barely exactly. misses it. In this case, there is no hope. In this one, there is no hope. And so it's a lot more impactful to leave it open-ended because yeah. you can imagine a billion bad things that happen. Yeah. But if they kill themselves, you know. Fair enough. I could get that. And also, when they kill themselves, it's painless. Versus zombie core ripping oh, you apart. Can I pitch a better ending? Sure. Peter doesn't blow his brains out. He shoots himself. He goes up top and he watches Fran jump into the helicopter blade and kill herself and then dies. Well, it doesn't die too, but has to either has to jump in the bloody chopper and fly away by himself. 
Okay, I don't know if he... That would be better, but I don't know if he knew how to fly away. That's true. That It is established that only Flyboy, Steven, can drive the helicopter. And then she teaches Fly Girl. Yeah, and he teaches Fran. Also, I want you to know that I, I'm pretty sure you just said Peter shoots himself and then goes upstairs. No, no, so, sorry. No, no. So <laughs> when I, Peter... I think he meant he doesn't shoot himself and then goes upstairs. No, so there's a there's a part where Peter's in the room and he does he's going to shoot himself. He doesn't. He shoots the zombie. She hears that shot, assumes he killed himself, kills herself... Because she says, she's like, there's no hope. Yeah. He comes up top, she's dead. He has to fig, you know. I know. I like that ending more. But I think both endings work, but, you know, we'll, eh. Yeah, I, I like when they both fly off. Because, again, it's the fact that we we don't know what happens to both of them. Yeah, fair and enough. And they're by far the most interesting characters out of the four. Oh, yeah. And so I like leaving it open-ended. Because the hope makes it hopeless. Okay, that's all I got, really. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Okay, you want to do recommendations? Sure. Okay. If you watch Night of the Living Dead, check this out. It's a good continue. I mean, we we specified earlier, but it's a good continuation of like the same world, kind of. Yeah, at the very least, tonally. Yeah. Because you start with the first film, which is like the beginning of the outbreak, Mm -hmm. and I I think I like I said in the description where it's like things have escalated to like this is mid outbreak, like society is collapsing. Yeah. That's where we're at. But society's still alive. It just well. At the beginning. Yeah. Nine months in, and it's implied that it is, it is fully collapsed. Yeah. So if you saw Night and you like it, if you like zombie movies, it's a pretty solid zombie film. Lots of good zombie kills, lots of good zombie deaths, lo- a very good zombie film. If you like, I don't want to, I don't know how to put this. Like, p- some people like slow movies. This is a slow movie. I think it's, it's slow, but I don't think it's too slow, if that makes sense. Like, I think it's, <laughs> Ben disagrees, but I think it's paced pretty well where it's like, just when you think things are going to end, it, they throw something in, and something happens, and new things start to occur. So there's that. Uh, if you like practical and uh, like gore effects, I think this is a really fun film for that. It did a lot of stuff that was cool to me because I'd never really seen it. I think one of the coolest parts of this movie is the like flesh scenes, like the flesh tearing and like people getting chunks taken out of them. I think it looks super cool. I think that's it. Okay. I think that's it. All right, I think my main recommendations for this film are going to be like if you if you watch tonight and you like that and you want to see the like Romero's continuation, um, or I think sequel would be the more accurate word. I don't know if continuation, but this is it, so it's worth a watch just for that, whether or not you end up liking it or not. And then if you just want to see a zombie movie, especially a really classic zombie movie that in- explores an interesting setting like a mall, it's pretty great for that. I mean, what's that famous zombie video game that takes place in a mall? Oh, um, that has to be directly inspired by this one. Oh my God! What? Uh, is it? No, it's not Dead or Alive. That's a fighting game, but it's something like that. Oh, what is that called? Now you make my you make my brain hurt. But like Bob said, the big thing with this movie is it's pretty slow, and Bob's like it's paced well, and I think he's right. It is paced very well. However, it is on purpose a slow film to the point where it can be boring at times, even if it is paced well. Yeah. Now it's not like Lawrence of Arabia slow. Which Bob's never seen, but that movie's like three hours and 42 minutes long. God, lots of that. just walking through the desert. So it's not like that brutal in like the slow pacing, but it, it really is a slow film. It can It's a slog, but I mean, if you if you like those types of slow films, where at the very least you don't have too big of an issue with them, I mean, it's, it's worth a watch. Hey, you want to rate it? Okay, here, we're, here we go. I liked the movie, actually. I liked it. I thought I hated it, <laughs> but three-fourths of the way through, and then I liked it again. And I think it's because this movie is very much a film where you have to see the whole thing to get it. If you don't see the whole thing and just, like... If you're one of those people that, like, falls asleep during a movie, can't be doing that in this film. You have to watch the whole thing in one piece. Well, I don't know. You could probably fall asleep during some of the middle bits. You could, but I don't recommend it. How about that? (laughs) Fair enough. So it's kind of hard because it pissed me off, but then it didn't... I'll put it at a four and a half. I think it's very, very good. I think a lot of what makes this film good for me is A, the acting. Like, I think Ken... How do you say his last name? Foray? Foree? I think it's, we're going to say Foray. Foray? It's fantastic. <laughs> God damn it, Bob. What? <laughs> you were like, how do I say his name? Foray? Foree? And I said, let's say Foray. And you went, Foree. You oh, chose a I... completely different one from any suggested previously. Whatever. Uh, the guy who plays Peter, Elizabeth that, super good. Like, he does a fantastic job in this film. So do the other actors, but him specifically kills it. Such a fun person to watch. So there's that. 
all the gore and practical stuff, Tom Savini does a really good job in this. Even though, like you say, it's like amateur even for him, I still like it. It still looks good in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's everything I want from a classic zombie movie. No, it doesn't look bad. I'm just not his best work. Fair enough. I like actually watching the slow breakdown of society throughout the film that you get at the beginning. I think that stuff is super cool. So that's a plus for me. The problem, the things I have problems with, it is slow. And I think some of the mall stuff can be pretty boring. It's a negative because, like, it's two hours long. If that stuff's boring, that's most of the movie. I mean, the version we watched was almost two and a half hours long. Yeah. So that's a negative. But that's, like, the only thing I really have a problem with. So, honestly, it's a pretty solid film. That's it. Okay. I'm going to give it a four. Fair enough. Because, like, look, it takes the concept of, like, zombie apocalypse, like, mid-apocalypse, like, society's breaking down, and it goes, what if we took characters in this situation, they're running away, and they find them all, and it explores that in a very well-done way while also making, like, some social commentaries on uh, consumerism. And so it, it goes... Like, above what I think you can logistically get from that idea. On top of that, you know, it's it's well shot. The acting's pretty great. The characters are dynamic and different. Like, you can tell stuff about them from their actions. Like, Stephen's trying to be one of the boys and be macho and failing. It's really And funny. then getting mad about it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the makeup and gore and stuff's very well done. I mean, there's maybe one big issue, but it's not a big deal. But... I think the big takeaway from this film for me, and the thing that keeps it from getting a, well, any higher than a four, really, so a four and a half, is just how slow it is. There's just too much. And yeah, I mean, I think it's paced well, and so the two hours, seven minutes, two hours, 19 minutes, whatever version you have, works, but I, I think it, it just leaves too much downtime. Like, what is done with the time is used to show, like, how difficult the situation they're in is and then just like how much time passes and how into like the mall they get. I mean, it's used effectively all the time, but it's just, it's just too much. Like the film is honestly a drag. Like I enjoy the film, but there's a reason I, I think I've only seen it like two or three times. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't watch this all the time. It's It's a hard to sit through. And yeah, that's, I think the big problem I have with it. It's just too long and it's not for the way it's paced, which is slow the length makes it a drag. I, I think a big thing that I think would have helped this movie and something that I would have appreciated more, I think they use the mall as a distraction from the existential dread too much. If there could have been more of them just like... The reason I would make something like this slow is to be able to build s- suspense or dread, but it doesn't do that. It instead uses it to accentuate the consumerism of the mall. Which I think is what Romero is was point, going for. But it makes it boring because... It's a mall. Because there's not stuff going on. There's nothing going on. You're just watching them, like, do things in excess, which is interesting if you're looking at it from a critical perspective, but for a just, like, an average viewer like you and me, it's boring. Yeah. I, I guess my point is that certain scenes, I think, could have been cut down Yeah. Uh, without losing the content and kind of the tone that Romero is going for, and the film would have been stronger for it. I think I could have given it a 4.5. A uh, big example would be, like, the scenes where they're just partying in the mall. Yeah. I think the first one, like, right after they secure the mall and they, like, kill all the zombies, it's legitimately, like, just a five to ten minute scene Yeah, of them just, like, enjoying themselves. And you could honestly cut that down to maybe a minute tops and have the same effect. You just have, would have all those, just more cuts rapidly mm-hmm. of just them doing different things. Maybe have each character do one of the things that we got to see all four characters doing. And just stuff like that throughout the film. Uh, like, the way they secure the mall, which, spoilers here again, is they park stuff in front of the doors. Yeah. And it goes on for way too long. Now, some important stuff happens during those scenes. Yeah. But we logistically do get to watch them drive these cars down the road, like, four times. Yeah. And we really only need to see it happen once. I would say twice. And then the important stuff that happens maybe the second time. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they get they get one, and then the important stuff happens on the second one. Point being, but, like, it's a 10, 20-minute scene. Yeah, that could have been 15. N- could have been 5, 10. They probably could have cut it in half. Maybe yeah. 15 minutes max, but... And there's just a lot of that stuff in this movie that are that's like that, that I think was too long. 
Fair enough. I, and I agree with you, and that's why I gave it a four and a half. It just that's slowed like the film down. The only thing keeping me from giving it a five is I, it's paced well. I just find that a lot of the mall stuff is boring. I don't know. I just I think it was almost too much, so I can't give it even a 4.5. Yeah. I think the big thing that took it over the top for me with a 4.5 was I was just surprised at how, like, a lot of the follow-through stuff, I guess. Like, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's some stuff that happens that I went, oh, that happened earlier in the film. Yeah. There's good follow-through no, here. There's some good uh, follow-through and what, what would be the word? Um, like, set up and then, yeah. What's the, What's the word where you're... Foreshadowing, yeah, yeah, good, so good, really, really, really good, good foreshadowing shit. stuff. Because we we said there's a there's a zombie that gets head chopped off by rotor blades for like a helicopter, yeah, and that was to foreshadow something that was supposed to happen later in the film, mm-hmm. but doesn't. But yeah, I just and it, maybe it's because I've seen this film before, but with like again with that new content having already seen it and it not being surprising like it was for you, those those longer scenes that are too long just hit so much harder. Fair enough. I get that. Okay. Um, that's all I got to say. So I guess you want to go to uh, the outtakes now? Yeah. I guess, uh, guess we'll see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Dawn of the Dead so far. I really like this movie. I think it's super, super fun. My only really issue with it is that it's a little slow, but I can forgive that. If you do not want any spoilers from the outtake section, please skip to 1 hour, 6 minutes, and 12 seconds immediately. This first outtake is me and Ben reacting to the really racist guy at the beginning of this film, but also reacting to all the people fighting back about being forced out of their homes. Oh my god! That guy's racist as shit! Oh my god. They're basically trying to move people out of their houses and into centralized areas. Yeah. To prevent outbreaks. Oh! And people are fighting back. That's awesome. No, it's not awesome. Well, no, it's a bad idea, but it's hard. You know what I mean? No, you just enjoyed watching someone get shot in the head. This next clip is my reaction to seeing Tom Savini's work for the very first time. Oh, uh, oh, that was a good, like, bite out of, like, an actual, wow. Holy shit. This next clip is our reaction to our survivors getting in a tussle with some zombies and also some of the cool-ass effects. I do love how less competent everyone is in this film. I think they're the same level of incompetence as in the original. I don't know. This right there seems less competent. Well, I don't know why she's not helping him. I I meant specifically Steven. I mean, Steve's trying. Because we watched Ben wrestle and murder multiple zombies, no problem. Yeah, but... I don't know. Ben seems pretty competent. It's just a person-to-person thing. I guess. It might just be the zombies in this movie are stronger. I don't know. What the fuck was that? I told you, he's incompetent. He really is. (laughs) You were like, nah, I think he's okay. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying, like... (sighs) You were saying it like it's an everyone in this film thing. So far, it just seems to be Steven. (laughs) Yeah. Because, like... I Last don't know. Film, plenty of people were in There were some of those randos. Well, those randos were just randos. I like this guy with his haircut. He looks like Frankenstein's monster. Do you see him? Oh. oh! That was so fucking cool! Holy shit! Good effect. That guy just got an awesome haircut from a helicopter. Yeah. That was so cool. Oh my god, those are children. Yeah, fuck them. Oh, did they already get bitten? Nah, thick sleeves. Maybe. <laughs> Holy shit. Peter just unloaded a whole magazine into two kids. They're not kids. They're smaller zombies. Still kids. You're the one who started my kills and kills on the podcast. Why are you not excited? They're already dead. It's not the same. Whatever. <laughs> Steven's aim sucks. 
That's right, Roger. You got it. One shot. <laughs> First try. Yeah, Stevie is incompetent. This next clip is me reacting to Peter definitely being the coolest character in this film. I do just love how you can run past them with a shopping cart. <gasps> Peter! Oh! Steven! I knew him shooting was going to attract zomboids, so I was just like, "Yeah, where are they? Found them. Oh my god, Peter! Yeah, that's why he thought better of it. Holy shit! Holy shit! Peter just chucked a zombie off the second floor! That was awesome! Man, Peter's so cool. This next clip is me almost throwing up because apparently I can't handle stuff going into people's ears. Oh, is that a maintenance man? Yeah. Mmm. That's just about the only person that should be in there. That makes sense. Oh, screwdriver! Get him! Oh, right in the ear. Oh, I don't like that. I oh, oh man. That's I, where Bob draws the line. I didn't like. That almost made me throw up. That's sad, Bob. Well, just the thought of something going in someone's in my ear like that, like a screw. Oh, oh, no, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Just like cleaning your ears. Hi everybody, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Probably a lot of me yelling about people getting their head cut off and shit. Yeah, Bob likes this the one. gore stuff. I did, I, it's just so... I mean, it's, it's good, It's like yeah. Chef's Kiss. Like, it's it's still 70s gore, but it's good. Yeah, see, that's what I like. That's the shit I like. That's why I like Night of the Leapus so much. <laughs> that dumb ketchup. Yeah. Oh, I'm such a fan of bullshit, dude. Do we have any announcements, Ben? No, I mean, Day of the Dead's coming out on Wednesday. Yep. So that's that's about it. And then our normally scheduled episode. Our Fridays as usual. Yeah. Uh, we haven't discussed it, but maybe 4th of July episode if we get around to it. But we are so fucking busy recording everything else. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. I think those are only announcements. So, to follow that up, check us out on Twitter. At Boy the Board. It's where I post updates about the show. Anything about the show you need to know goes on our Twitter. So, on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's worth of episodes, which is basically a movie cover that's a hidden image that you can reveal to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do so you don't get any spoilers during the episode. Or so we're being really vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. I think it makes for a better experience, but I put it out there just so you can do it if you want to. On uh, Fridays or whatever day an episode goes live, I post a link to the episode. So if you ever miss an upload or are wondering when something went up, it's all on our Twitter. Check it out. If you want to listen to us, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts. Uh, we're also on YouTube. If you want to listen to us there, uh, it's also a good place to show your support. Uh, you can like, uh, subscribe, hit that bell, you know, stuff like that. If you want to communicate with us, Twitter is a good place. Like Bob said, that's where he posts stuff. And like, if you want to talk to him directly, you can do it there and you can search movies and stuff. It might get a little crowded sometimes. And so if it gets, you know, that hell that is Bob's Twitter gets too crowded, you can walk on over out of it and come to the YouTube comment section. And uh, we'll get any, like, movie suggestions you have there. It's <laughs> a good one. Made me laugh. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think the last thing, check us out on TikTok. I post TikToks on TikTok. Apple where the board. <laughs> I, sorry, my brain's a little fried. We've been recording for a long time. Yeah, I post clips from the show on TikTok. So if TikTok is your platform, TikTok is where you like to watch content. I post clips from the show. I also I think I'm going to start re-scrubbing old episodes for new content. So if you want to check those out, check those out. They'll also be up on YouTube as YouTube Shorts now, if they're short enough. It just depends on the short and the length because YouTube Shorts have different requirements than TikTok. It's a whole thing, blah, 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 blah. But basically, if you like short-form content, we're on TikTok or on YouTube for shorts. Check us out there. I think that's it. Yep. All right. Well, I guess... Uh, see you Wednesday. I guess we'll see you Wednesday. Bye.